Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Speaking of Tangents Fantasy Football Deep Dive Mega Podcast Spectacular! On this very special bonus episode, we welcome our resident fantasy football expert analyst, Robert Byrne. He'll talk about sound draft strategy and other tips for being competitive in your fantasy football league. Plus a whole bunch of other random nonsense that we sidetrack it with. Be sure to check out Rob on Twitter at R3T2. And now, let's get ready to ramble! Let's talk about Fantasy FB. Let's talk about a Littles League. Let's talk about all the good teams and the bad beats from last week. Let's talk about specs. Let's talk about stats. Let's talk about flex. Let's talk about fantasy football. So today with us on our Fantasy Football Deep Dive segment, we have a very special guest. <laughs> fantasy Football, I'm sorry. Who is going <laughs> to deep dive. He's an expert analyst <laughs> in, the, in, in the area of fantasy football. <laughs> no, keep going. You're not making keep people going. believe you. Yes. You're not making this believe No, you're right. It, it, like, I, this segment has to have authority. That's right. Yes. We can't have the guest giggling throughout the... Would you, would you like me to uh, list my credentials? Yes, uh, sure. I think okay. we need right to get ahead. we that need to awesome. get into so, how many leagues you're in and et cetera. I topped yes. out at. Do you want to like say my name first or? I don't. <laughs> anyway, um, with us today, I used to be, with I, us today on our fantasy football deep dive segment, we have our special guest analyst, Mr. Robert Berg. Thank you. Um, great to have you. It's great to be here. I'm very excited about this opportunity to ruin fantasy teams across the country. <laughs> so we want to make the disclaimer up front. Do you want us to put a disclaimer on it that yes. basically says you cannot hold us responsible for anything, any money losses or any losses or any shame that you suffer based on this advice? No, you can give me crap on Twitter if you want to. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I will take full responsibility for any errors that I make, and there will be errors. But I'm not going to compensate anybody financially. Excellent. But any Excellent. any um, money that people make, all glory will go to you. Correct. I would I would appreciate a thank you note, maybe a small stipend at Christmas. There we go. So, do you have anything um, that's really sticking out this year as far as advice that you would offer right off the bat before we get into anything any specifics? Okay, so I was thinking about this before um, the last hour. I was just trying to write out some notes to give um, an overview of. Uh, a comprehensive strategy, if you will. Now, some of the people okay. that are going to be listening to this, they've been playing for 15 years, and they're going to know, like, oh, of course I'm not going to take a kicker until the last round. But some people might be newbies. Like, as an example, um, I am, and this probably isn't, I don't know that ethically there's a problem with this, but I'm drafting for a coworker of mine. Now, she doesn't know anything about fantasy football, but she got, I don't want to say con, she got talked into joining and I think that the guy who brought her into the league thought, well, she's going to be a donor. She doesn't know anything. I mean, she, the only player that she knows besides the Steelers is Eli Manning. And, and Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, that, that kind of person, it's going to be tough for them to win. I mean, they're going to have to get really lucky. So I've been talking with her, and I was trying to give her some tips. And she was writing down, and she was taking a bunch of notes on Post-its. And at a certain point, I just said, look, do you want me to draft your team for you? So, And she said, yeah. Like, I was trying to coach her up. We were really trying to do it the right way. Now, everybody at work, this draft is tonight at 8 o'clock. Everybody at work thinks that she's going to be drafting and I'm coaching her. So I don't know if they're going to have a problem with me actually drafting the team. 
Well, is this a money league? It is a money league. Okay. Yeah. So, and are you playing also, or do you have an, a team of your own in this league? No, I was in the league last year, and I oh. won it, and it was way too easy. I mean, after the draft, now this was, <laughs> it was, it's a CBS league, oh, it's a I'm... standard, um, it was two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, kicker defense, short bench, and, and there were position restrictions. So Todd Gurley, as an example, was still available in the ninth round, and I was going to draft him, except I had already had five running backs, so I couldn't take oh, wow. him. Yeah. Um, that gives you an idea. I got DeAndre Hopkins in like the fifth round. I mean, these are a bunch of people that they look at a magazine 10 minutes before the draft. Um, one of the guys had already had five beers when the draft started. I mean, it just, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. It's bragging rights, but, and, and they watch football. They like it, but they don't know what they're looking at. So at the end of the draft, I had just crushed the draft and there was one other guy named Dave. Um, I didn't know it was him at first. But um, after the draft, I said, who's Fort Knox in here? And he's like, and Dave said, oh, that's, that's me, Dave Kane. And I said, Dave, I'll see you in the championship. Because it was, <laughs> it was obvious that nobody else had a clue. So I did play Dave in the championship. <laughs> and, um, and you won it. You won, is that what you said? I won the game, but he and I split the money beforehand. Because on a one-week uh. basis, if teams are anywhere close to each other, there is a lot of luck involved. I mean, you have to know oh, what yes. you're doing to have a good team. And even then, injuries can strike you. You can play bad matchups. Um, mm-hmm. You can play the best team in the league every week. And if you don't have some sort of modifier with victory points, as an example, then you're just losing. You might you might score the most points in the league, but end up out of the playoffs. I mean, there, you know, you can't control everything. But that almost happened to me in our league last year. I was, yeah, I was it did second or first in points most of the season, and um, and did not make the playoffs until like the last the last game. Of the last day, of the last day, right, last week, right before the playoffs, right, and then you won the championship. Yeah, and I had the most points, and I think you might have beat me in the semifinals. And, and I think it was me and you in, at the end. Yeah, and I, if I hadn't advised KJ to start Carson Palmer, I think instead of Tom Brady, she would have made the playoffs. Yeah, Even I, she did, I did miss the playoffs by just I think a few, what it was it a few points or it was a few points, and it made all the difference. That would have been yeah. the difference. But I'm not yeah. blaming you. I know, but I still take responsibility. I know I shouldn't, <laughs> but I still feel bad about that. So that's a warning to everybody that might be listening to this. That's what can happen to you. Yes. It is very unpredictable. Uh, I I ended up drafting most of the players I had last year uh, because I liked the Steelers. Yeah, you had Antonio Brown. I think you got – I don't know why you had D'Angelo Williams. I don't know when you drafted him. Um, I drafted him pretty early. Did you have Roethlisberger too? Yep. Uh, no, I tried to get him, but I ended up getting Cam Newton by oh, my yeah. second choice, and he killed it last year. He he won several weeks almost single handedly. Yeah. Me. He oh he did. He scored half your points a couple weeks. Yeah. He had like forty and almost fifty, near fifty, uh, like three weeks in a row, or it was like out of four weeks, yeah. three of those he had yeah. nearly fifty. And points. KJ killed in an, in an eighteen team league, she had Tom Brady and Carson Palmer. <laughs> Which I know. Is unbelievable. Like every and, week, it's like, well, who do I start? Yeah, and if if. Julian Edelman wouldn't have gotten hurt. I think I would have crushed more because I would have had double touchdowns every week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with him and Brady, yeah. Well, that's the thing. 18-team league is ridiculous. There's just It was tough. I mean, there's nobody remaining on the waiver wire. Just nobody. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert in fantasy football, but I've watched the NFL, you know, for since I was a kid, and I'm familiar with all the players, you know, at least who's starting and, and the the name, the major name players, and most of the most of the defensive players that you know, a lot of people that are just casual fans haven't heard of, and there were the, the names at the top of the list of players available, like midway through the season after we had several injuries, 
were people that I had never heard of in my life. They were third-string running backs, um, yes. you know, receivers that would only come out in four-receiver looks, right. you know, backup tight ends. I mean, that's, that's what we were looking at. So if you're going to give advice to someone who's just starting out or doesn't know a lot about fantasy football, um, what are some of the basics that we need to pay attention to? So you need to know, are you playing for fun or are you playing to win? Let's assume everybody's playing to win. The rest of it is okay. for people that are playing to win. If you want to play and draft guys that you love, it's your game, it's your money. If you're donating, you're going to be a donor, but that's fine. You, <laughs> yeah, you know, you could get lucky. Um, it's possible. You're probably not going to win, but that's okay. It's not why you're playing. You're playing to, you know, keep in touch with your friends and to have something to look at on Monday mornings. Yep. So playing to win. You need to know your league. Now, a lot of people are in a work league or they've been in a friends and family league for 10 years, Right. A lot of leagues are like this year over year. It's mostly the same people. Occasionally people swap out. You have to know your league. There's always some guy who's going to take a quarterback in the first round. There's always some guy who, even though it's 2016, they go running back, running back with the first two picks, maybe running back with the third pick. There was, there was a guy who took a kicker in the fifth round in a draft a few years ago. You know, and, and they'll justify it. But like this, and then, of course, you know a defense is coming in the next round because they want the, guy, you know, the teams and the players that have scored the most points, even though it's really points relative to other players at the position that's important. Correct. Mm-hmm. So there's always those guys. You have to account for that and figure out, okay, what are they likely to take when you build your, your draft strategy? Um, you need to know the average draft position. You don't, it, it's, you're looking to get value. You're looking to exploit market inefficiencies. That's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, what everybody else thinks, where is everybody else wrong? Let's say that you've got a sleeper. You're completely convinced Thomas Rawls is fine. All this Christian Michael nonsense in the preseason. He always disappoints. The Redskins cut him last year, for God's sake. And it was his third team of the season. I don't buy this hype in the preseason. Thomas Rawls is the man. Because he's hurt, he says he's going to play in the first week. He's dropped to the fourth round. You're positive that he's going to be the guy from the last six games that he played last year. That would make him worthy of a top five pick. Don't take him in the top five. Obviously, and a lot of people don't right. know this. It seems obvious to you, me, and KJ. But you know, if you're going to reach, try to reach around earlier than he's going. You can go to places like Fantasy Football Calculator. Um, you can go to myfantasyleague.com. There's a I'm not sure exactly what the the slash is after it, but there's a URL where you can go and you can find out average draft positions. If a guy, if the earliest, and this is the nice thing on Fantasy Football Calculator from mock drafts, if the earliest a guy has gone in any draft, and they'll tell you that, the earliest and latest, is the seventh pick in the third round. That's the earliest. That's the earliest some guy said, I got to have this guy. Mm-hmm. Don't take him in the first round, no matter what you think he's going to do this year. Right. So Unless you know somebody in your league is out for him right away. Yeah. That's possible, but you also have, like, if he's going in the third round, there is some risk, no matter what you think. Right. I like to look at it like this. Um, No one site or person's rankings, I I don't consider any of it um, dogma. Everybody's wrong. Everybody's wrong, but the crowd usually is right. Usually. Hmm. So if you look at an aggregator, I think, oh, I want to say... They've done, uh, every year, fantasy, quote-unquote, experts, they all submit 
um, rankings. And at the end of the year, there's, there's some organization that actually analyzes it to see who was best in different formats, different league sizes for different positions. So this guy from ESPN might have been best for the last three years on running backs. Well, you might be able to trust his running back rankings, but maybe he was 16th on wide receivers. So maybe there's something about the way he looks at it for a certain position. But in yeah. general, I think the crowd beats everybody individually broadly. So it's very possible that Ezekiel Elliott will fall to the eighth pick because nobody wants to draft a rookie. But you also, right. you also might see that um, he is considered a top five pick by the crowd of fantasy experts. So then you have mm-hmm. to dive in and say, okay, well, why do they think that? So Dallas has the best offensive line. Now, this was before Tony Romo got broken. I don't know if you yeah. saw that hit or not, but it looked ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, as a man who had his back broken about 12 years ago, I, I think he's out. I think he's done. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to, to play again for any, any like for a full season. I, he cannot yeah. protect himself. That much we know. Uh-uh. I think he should be done. Yeah, well, it, when you get to the point of where when you fall wrong – and, and the way he fell was wrong. I mean, it's just, you can't, he's going to get hurt almost every game. It also looked like a dirty hit, though. He he was giving yeah. himself up, and some guy hit him in an awkward way where it just bent him. Um, but you're right, he he moves like an old man. I mean, he, he looks like a guy who's going to have a hard time protecting himself. Yeah, when your back is hurt, and you're getting into your late, late mid-30s, pushing 40, what is he, like 35, 36? I think he's like 36, that? yeah. Yeah, you get to that age with back issues, fractured vertebra, and all that stuff, and oh yeah, uh, collarbones and all that stuff. It just doesn't it doesn't work as well as it used to anymore. I you can attest that it, it. your body doesn't get better after thirty six. No. no, it does not. Um, so, bef- but before that injury, the thinking was going: Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender. They've mm-hmm. got a really good balanced um, team. They've got the best offensive line in the league. They took a guy who is not only a great runner with great hands, but he's great at picking up blocks. On that play, if you saw that play, mm. Elliott goes low and sends a guy flying. It was a great block. Um, that wasn't mm. the, I don't think that was the guy that took his head off um, no. coming back around from, from the backside. But that's a guy, a, a, a running back that's big enough to take on guys that are blitzing and is good in blitz pickup is going to be on the field three downs. And, and he's going to get a bunch of carries. And not only that, but you have flexibility in the game plan. He can catch passes. He can line up in the slot. Um, he can get screens out of the backfield. You don't have to take that guy off. You can hide him so you've got scheme versatility. That's a guy who, honestly, and, and run, we all know this every year, running back is a young man's game. Um, running backs can come in the league, hit the ground running. He could run for 1,600 yards and score 15 touchdowns and catch 60 passes. I mean, that's that was on the table yep. very easily. Oh, yeah. And oh, Now, what do you think in terms of, as far as the stuff that happened with him, I believe it was it last week where he was TMZ filming oh, at uh, marijuana. At the dispensary? Yes. Oh, would you lower him in your draft? Oh, yeah, yeah, because there's because a certain amount of risk. Stuff. You always have to take that into consideration. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think anything will come of that. I mean, you never know what Goodell is going to do. Apparently, he wants to be everybody's dad in the league and punish yeah. people. This is something you have to consider, like Le'Veon. Le'Veon Bell suspended for four. It's reduced to three. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, he was busted once, and he missed tests. Now, did he just miss them, or did he stay away? I, there's no way of knowing. 
Right. He doesn't seem to be making the best decisions or doesn't think – at the very least, he doesn't think things through all the way. He, right. he didn't say, hey, I'm going on vacation. This is where I am. If there's any test, like, let me know. I'll go, you know, wherever you need me to go. But I'm going away to, you know, Acapulco or wherever he went. I don't know where he went. Yeah. Um, but – so players that have that kind of judgment, you definitely have to consider it. But – with Elliot, I mean, he's never failed a test. Does he smoke it? Probably. I mean, why would you be in a dispensary unless it interested you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wasn't sightseeing. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't. So I would be much more concerned right now that Romo's gone. Now, Dak Prescott has looked decent, but he's a rookie. You know, and he, yeah. he wasn't a first-round rookie. So even though he looks good in the preseason, you're not getting the same looks, and it's not real. Although no. he's looked very impressive. Now, on the other hand, you might say, well... There are a lot of terrible quarterbacks in the league. The Rams had terrible quarterbacks, and Todd Gurley did okay. And that's true. And an inexperienced quarterback might be dumping off to the running back. And if the running back is on the field all three downs, he could catch 70 balls. I mean, mm-hmm. that could happen. Yeah. So, um, And their offensive line is good enough. They're, they're going to give Prescott time, probably, and they're going to open up big holes. So I would ding him a little bit. I'm sure a lot of people are probably... If they thought Elliott could be the best running back, maybe they're going David Johnson. Maybe they're going Todd Gurley. Um, you know, Lamar Miller gets a little bit of love in that regard. He doesn't have a great quarterback either. The Rams don't have a great quarterback. So um, I, I don't know that I would – I'm a little bit more concerned than I was, but I would have probably taken him first at running back with Romo. Oh, okay. First overall running back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, I would say that there's a, how many would I say now? Elliot, David Johnson, Lamar Miller, Todd Gurley. Um, if you're not worried about Jamal Charles injuries, you'd throw him in there. And these are, the, all, all these running backs would be PPR or non-PPR. Like, I still would cluster them together. If you're comfortable, like, as a guy like myself, I'm probably going to be in the playoffs in, in, how many leagues am I in? I think I'm only in two this year. I'm probably going to be in the playoffs in both leagues. That's how I look at it from the beginning of the year. So I'm planning on weeks 14, 15, and 16. I'm okay even with at the end of the first round. Let's say that your stud wide receivers are gone. Beckham's gone, Julio, A.J. Green, Antonio Brown. Maybe you like DeAndre Hopkins in that group. Um, Maybe Des Bryant is in that group for you. And the four or five running backs are gone. And let's say that you don't really want to take a tight end. Maybe you're sitting on Jordan Reed. You hope to get him in the third round, and you don't want to take Gronk. I would still be okay with Le'Veon Bell, as long as you can pair him up with D'Angelo. Right. So late first, early second, I'm not worried about missing three weeks. And even if I couldn't get D'Angelo, if I have, let's say I have a couple of sleeper running backs in my back pocket that I'm sure will be there in the sixth and seventh rounds. And generally, that's what I'm looking at this year. I think that you want to you want to get receivers in the first six rounds. After about 40 guys, it, it tends to fall off a cliff. Now, there's always yeah. going to be guys down there below. Like, maybe you think that, oh, I don't know. Let's say that you really like, you think Laquan Treadwell is, he's struggled in preseason, but he's going to become the guy down the stretch. And he's going to, you know, Charles Johnson is going to fall back in the rotation. Maybe you think that, the last 10, 11 weeks, he's going to be a startable receiver. Maybe you think that Philip Dorsett 
is going to break through this year. Maybe you think Terrell Pryor, you can get him in like the 10th round. And you think that Josh Gordon isn't going to be able to not smoke weed and Pryor is uh, a candidate because <laughs> he's looked explosive. I mean, he's he's very athletic. He's tall. Cool. He can jump. He can fly. Um, he was coming out of high school. I think he was the number one. He was He's local here. I think he went to Jeanette High School, I want to say. But he's local in Pittsburgh. I think he was the number one recruit in the country. And to go go into college, go into college, college, go into Ohio State, and he could have played other positions. He's he's that athletic. I mean, he was a quarterback. Um, if you remember at Ohio State, he was one of those quarterbacks that once he got outside containment, like he mm-hmm. could run like a deer down down the sideline. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, what's your strategy on those this year? I think that there's value at quarterback into the twenties this year. Hmm. So I am going to wait as long as I can. Now there's always there's always tiers, and you want to take the last player in a tier. So let's say that you think the best three quarterbacks this year are Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, and and some people might say Russell Wilson because of the rushing yardage. And um, uh, who's the other guy? Who am I missing? Brady? No, Newton. Cam. Cam Newton. Brady would be there, except he's going to be out four games. So you have to prorate his his numbers. So, and let's just add Russell Wilson. Let's say you've got four stud quarterbacks and you think they're all within, you know, plus or minus. So you expect mm-hmm. them, you can't predict, you can't predict what's going to happen, obviously. And no one person, you can't be right on all players. You have to know that you're fallible. You have to know that there's things you don't know that other people might know. So that's why I go to aggregate ratings. I want to see what everybody else thinks. But then specifically, I want to read why they think that. I want to see if there's a herd mentality. I want to see if people are assuming carryover. Like last year, Ted Ginn, 10 touchdowns. Ted Ginn has never done that before. Always could. Nobody can cover him, but he can't catch. So he's always open, but you can't get him the ball, right? Being able to catch is a good trait for a It sure is. It's a good thing it sure is. You need to be able to get open. You need to catch the ball. And, you know, hopefully you've got some wiggle and you can, you can escape and, and get extra yardage after the catch. That he can do. That he can do. And he's very fast and always has been very yes. fast. But Cam Newton last year had a 7%, I think it was 7% um, touchdown percentage. And I think a good one is like four, four and a half. He's not going to replicate those numbers. He's never come close to that. You have to assume that's an outlier. However, you also have to assume that Kelvin Benjamin coming back helps him, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance that? Well, last year, they also had a really weak schedule. I don't know if you remember, every week they were winning and they were winning and they were winning. And you look at the schedule, like, they're not playing anybody. I don't, right. I don't, that's why I thought they might lose in the playoffs because they weren't tested. I said, Seattle's going to smoke them, but it didn't turn out happening and they got to the Super Bowl. Um, so they almost won the championship, even though some people said, well, we don't really know what we have here. We know they've got a great defense and they're just beating up on Patsies. Um, yep. So it's possible that. There's an element that he won't regress, right? But I'm going to assume that he is. He's never. Th- I'm totally, yeah, totally going to assume he is. Even, and this may be a very unscientific way to look at it, but I look at all the stuff that happened from the fallout from the press conference after the Super Bowl and all that stuff, and his what I, I mean, he can act however he wants, but there's a certain maturity level or lack of in some ways that I see there that I feel like maybe he's not going to work as hard. This this summer and this off season coming into this season because he thinks he's you know he's he's reached a level because athletically uh, as far as his gifted abilities 
he's way, way up there. He's elite. But I just don't know how much he's going to put into it this year. And I, and I don't know how his offseason was to know, you know, can I trust him to, to replicate last year or, or is he going to go way down? Sure. And that's another consideration. Like if somebody's had success and that level of success for the first yes. time in their career, how do they come back? Are they hungry? Are they satisfied to a degree? Um, now, I don't know that there's any reason we should think that he's not working hard. And I, I just I haven't read anything oh, like yeah, that. Definitely. Um, and I understand why certain things could lead you in that direction. Like it, it there, there's look, we're all sort of guessing. Um, what there's a guy on footballguys.com, um, Sigmund Bloom, and he always says we're always peeking through keyholes. There's only so yes. much we can see. Um, and so we're making guesses based on limited information. Um, and over the years, you hone your intuition, and there are certain things that are key to look for. Um, but I just don't see that they're going to have as good a season. So, but 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 those that. are the top yeah. four quarterbacks. Ideally, you're taking the last guy in that tier. So you're not you don't want to take the first quarterback. I mean, you never want to be that guy. Um, I think that you can get guys like as an example. Um, there are quarterbacks, and it, like for average draft position, I think Ryan Tannehill is going somewhere around. Oh, I want to say he's going in the early twenties. Um, that's an offense. Adam Gase is his first year there. Peyton Manning had his best season when Adam Gase was coaching him. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've got a couple running backs that can do the job in Ajayi and Adrian Foster. Um, they've got <laughs> some good wide receivers. Uh, Leonte Carew. Um, we're hoping that, um, we obviously, I love Jarvis. I think Kenny Stills is a good receiver, and he's had a nice preseason. And then yep. Devontae uh, Parker, who was there. Was he drafting the first? I think he was drafting the first round last year. Um, so they have some good receivers. Tannehill was a wide receiver in college. So he doesn't have as much time at the position. So I think he's been behind the curve. Um, he's been coached up. He's gotten a little bit better, incrementally better. It's possible he's going to have a breakthrough with Gase. That could be a high-powered offense. Um, but you still you see get, him you can, as you can sort get him of in the a... 20s. Okay. So you still see him as sort of a second tier. He's not up there with the first five quarterbacks. He, no, mentioned. he's not. But he's a guy that you might be able to get. Like as an example, in yeah. our league, you might be able to get him. In you, this is this is where you exploited getting Carson Palmer last year. Mm-hmm. Carson Palmer yeah. the year before was hurt. He only played five games, and so he was available, even though he's a good quarterback. And they had a stable of really good wide receivers. That offense was going to be good. I mean, even JJ Nelson, Jaron Brown. John Brown, Fitzgerald, and Michael Floyd. I mean, that is an absurdity of riches at the position. Mm-hmm. So, and then they drafted David Johnson. David Johnson used to be a receiver, so he's good out of the backfield. So, th- there's, oh, yeah. you know, there's going to be guys open. Carson Palmer's 36. He's he was an elite quarterback before he got injured. He knows how to go through his progressions, and he knows somebody's going to be open. And if nobody's open, he can throw it up, and Larry Fitzgerald will bail him out. Yep. Hmm. I definitely, I definitely think looking at when you because when you say Tannehill, I think. Not very good. I don't really want to draft him, but I totally agree with what you're saying about how they could be have a breakout season, especially him uh, with Gase being the coach now. And it's kind of one of these things where that is a perfect example of exploiting how other people who may be uh, a little more casual or just having fun or looking at it going, Tannehill, I'm not drafting him. He's terrible. He's on the Dolphins. They're, they're no account. Um, and you could pick him up and really and, and it pay off during the season. 
Yeah. So do you have just like any general tips or advice that you would give uh, based on positions or players in particular um, for this year? So uh, wide receiver, I think KJ might have, we were talking about the first round. Um, Mm -hmm. It depends on where you are. But if you can get one of the like five elite running backs, I would grab them and then start stashing some wide receivers. I think that the, there's some good wide receiver value in rounds five through ten, or not wide receiver. I'm sorry, running back value. Um, I think that the wide receivers are front loaded this year. If you can get Gronk or Jordan Reed, I think you have a, a pretty big advantage at tight end. Um, Gronk is probably a first round player, early second. Jordan Reed could go anywhere in the second, third. Maybe people worry about concussions too much. He goes in the fourth. Um, I think he's the number one option in that offense. They obviously have rapport. Um, and then I think I'm more concerned about the fact that he's on the Redskins than I do that he has. I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I think that team's probably going to have a lot of shootouts. I mean, look at their running back situation. Rob Kelly. I didn't even know who Rob Kelly was. Um, yeah, I've never heard of him until you just said his name. He's no, the starting running back because Matt Jones is hurt and Keith Marshall's hurt. Right wow. now, I don't know if Matt Jones is going to be ready for week one, but down the stretch, I think Jones ran for like 3.6 yards per carry. He was a third round pick. He was unheralded. Um, people thought that the Redskins reached for him in in mm-hmm. an historically good running back draft. I'm like, who's this guy? Um, I, I'd, it's possible he's going to be their running back. but and, and so if that's the case and they're just going to throw, 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 Chris Thompson could be on the field a lot. You know, he could catch 60 passes. Um, I, I expect Jordan Reed to have another good season. The, the problem with Reed was never talent. Um, people thought that he could be as good as Aaron Hernandez, but it was just that he was hurt all the time and concussed. So mm-hmm. whether it was style of play, whether it was his quarterbacks were putting him in harm's way, I don't know. But he played or most he could of last year. be susceptible to concussions. I mean, I, I don't know why any one player would be more susceptible. I've always thought about it like this. Certain guys, and I'm sure that this is a skill, and I'm sure players are aware of it. In certain areas of the field, you catch the ball, there has to be a certain, either your peripheral vision or instincts, or you can just feel where guys are, get down to the ground, or, you know, some guys maybe turn and put their head down, putting themselves in harm way. Mm -hmm. I, I think that I generally don't worry about guys being injured if they've been injured in the past, unless the reason, it's the way that they play. As an example, right. I don't think that their bodies are inherently broken. Right. That that, that makes sense. I I think it has a lot to do with instinct because sure uh, things are moving so fast, especially you're running a route across the middle, and that's where a lot of receivers get concussed is running routes across the middle. Sure. Uh, and taking hits like that, and your instinct is either to get down or and try to avoid the hit, or uh, if your instinct is to lower your head, you're much more likely to get hit in the head. Uh, and it's kind of like what I was talking about with Romo before, where I'm looking at him now and he's just falling wrong. And it seems yeah, like awkward. the last few times he's gotten hurt, it's just it's just awkward. It's almost like he's lost the ability to to avoid injury, to potentially avoid injury by falling in a different way. And I that's that leads me to think, as far as the concussions go, that some players maybe more have a tendency to have a concussion because of the way that their sure. instincts lead them to to move or in a split second, you know decision that they have to make in the middle of the field and some players are just more aware like um somebody's lined up out at the x receiver and he starts his route and he maybe has memorized where everybody is and based on Mm -hmm. one step he knows in like two and a half seconds this player is going to be here and that's where my route is and i'm going to catch the ball 
and this player has a tendency to go low or something like that. Like it could be not just vision, not just instincts, but study. Some players are just smarter right. than others. Some are more prepared than others. Um, oh, absolutely. Some like as you, like Mary Lou Henner remembers every day of her life. Some guys probably have a photographic memory and they know where everybody was um, on the play at certain points of their route. I mean, some people just have that ability, and and yep. there are gradations of it. And so I'm sure all of that factors. And then you know these guys are running at each other at such speeds and with such athleticism. Yes. You know that if you have advantages in that area, you can protect yourself. Yep. And then you also have guys like Gronk. I'm sorry, KJ, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you're, you're dropping Mary Lou Henner. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's, it's, it is absolutely true that once you have one concussion, you're way more likely to sure. get another one. Yeah. And so you've got probably two types of players. One player that um, will not change the way they play based on their previous injuries. Right. So they're going to be more likely to get injured no matter what because they're not going to change the way they play and or you're right. going to have them that are just going to slide instead of trying to barrel through um, um i think that's why robert griffin had such a hard time because he would he didn't know how to slide oh my god he and was he awful got at injured. it <laughs> he was dreadful at it yeah and he, they had to teach him how to how to slide in the in pro football didn't he ever play baseball i mean he's an elite athlete yeah this gets back to the thing that Wilbon always brings up that years ago when we were growing up and, you know, his generation was older than us, you played all sports. Right. No matter what, how great you were in one particular thing, you played all sports going at least through high school. And now athletes are so focused even from, you know, you get to 10, 12 years old, a preteen or early teenager, and if you're specifically good in one sport, you get so focused in that that you lose out on all the other skills. It's right. it's weird though because in college, as soon as you're down, the play's over. So you would think that there would be like there would have had to have been times where he gave himself up. It, you would think. Yeah, I'm sure there was, but you know, why can't he do it in in the pros? I don't know. It, it just could possibly weird. be that the game is just so much faster. Faster. He yeah. he thinks, oh, I've got time to get down, and it's yeah, could it's be that too late. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in Baylor, like there were just huge swaths of the field that were open that he was running down or, or like he was leading a receiver and they're just flying down the field with nobody around them. They're mm-hmm. basically playing a sort of a version of flag football. Yes, they were definitely it. playing a variation of flag football. <laughs> at, least in how, at least in how the offense ran. So speaking of RG3, since we brought him up, what do you think about him on the Browns? Is he, is he going to be the Browns starter? Have they already said that this year? Do you know? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the, he, they've announced him as the starter. So do you think – I had him on my bench for a while last year just as a joke when he was mm-hmm. with the Redskins because I knew he was never going to play, but I had him – I drafted him in like the 10th round or whatever it was, which was way too early, but, you know, what do I care? Um, so my question would be, do you think he's worth even a, even a look in one of the later rounds, I, like as a backup quarterback? So we, yes. were, we were talking about quarterback strategy and waiting as long as we could, right? And we mentioned that Tannehill is a good value. Mm-hmm. I So in that strategy, and I didn't – flesh it out, but I would be taking two quarterbacks back there, Hmm. um, and maybe three, depending on your league size, and then see what you've got. Griffin would definitely be one of the more interesting candidates. Um, It's easy to remember all of the bad stuff with Griffin and and what a punchline he became, Um, and especially because of the show and all the jingles and everything like that. But when he came into the league... Like, he was great his rookie year. I mean, he was great. Oh, incredible. And yeah. he had really high expectations coming out. I mean, obviously, he was the second uh, pick of the draft. 
behind Andrew Luck. There was chatter for a time that he was a better pick than Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and, oh, sure. and people thought that he was a franchise quarterback. And they worried about his size and, and that he would be a little bit frail. But he had great downfield accuracy. Um, and he obviously could – he was a track star. I mean, he could just run like the wind. So th- this isn't a guy that, that they drafted in the fourth – round that had a few good games and then like he's just relegated to the scrap heap i mean this this is a guy who certainly could turn things around and i mean it's funny to say cleveland turning around in cleveland i mean they're just such a dreadful franchise but i i think that he could i mean they drafted Corey coleman in the first round duke johnson is a great running back out of the backfield gary barnage mm-hmm. is a pretty good tight end um pretty good two-way tight end and josh gordon hopefully he doesn't get another suspension Terrell Pryor adds a really interesting um, element as mm-hmm. this huge athletic guy that can go down the field and get the ball. I mean, if they send Gordon and Pryor down the field on nine routes, you got to cover. I mean, at this point, with what Gordon did the other night, you've got to double cover him. I mean, nobody's going to oh, be absolutely. able to cover him with one guy. So now you've got, and then who's what linebacker is going to be able to stay on Duke Johnson? No, uh, not many. So, and the thing with the thing with the uh, the thing with Gordon is he would be one of the elite. He would he's ba- he'd basically be Antonio Brown right now if it wasn't for his drug problem suspensions, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Well, they're different kind of players, but but he he'd be at that level of. He, I'm talking right. about as far as fantasy. He led he'd the league in 14 games yeah. in receiving the, in yeah, 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's an elite player at that position as long as his head's right and. It, I mean, he looked good the other night. You yeah. know, that was so it. RG3 could be. I think he could be. be a turnaround season. My concern with him has never been his athletic ability, even though, as far as even after the injuries and stuff, it's again, I'll get back to the maturity thing. Is I, I see some of the stuff that he posts. Oh, yeah. And I don't have any problem with anything he posts. It's just some of the ways that he seems self absorbed in, in a sense, or, or just like the preoccupation with branding. That's. Yeah. Become a Hall of Fame level quarterback first, and then yes. then cash in. That, that's exactly because that's going to be your moneymaker. I mean, he it, it totally. seems like he wanted to be the endorsement king and wanted to take that crown from Manning before he really had done much. Yeah, and it's he doesn't. I, it get seems it to me that. like he maybe got some bad advice at some point. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure he got bad advice at some point, and and agents want to cash in on everything because they're going to get their cut right away. Um, yeah. But I I just. That doesn't happen without the player's consent, right? I mean, oh, the, no. the the player has to be all in on becoming the endorsement king, right? <laughs> Speaking of all endorsing, in, yeah. so so the quarterback strategy: if you could get guys like Griffin, Bridgewater, and Tannehill in like rounds nine, ten, and eleven, I mean, mm-hmm. I I think you're probably set up at the other positions. I I think that yeah. that's a, that could be a winning strategy. And only one of those guys, like last year, Derek Carr was a guy that I was taking as my second quarterback. I like Derek Carr. I got Blake, Blake Bortles on one team as my second quarterback. You know, these were guys that I knew they were young, so they were going to start every game because there was no point in pulling them because the teams were going to have to develop them. So that's in a backup quarterback, I want to make sure my guy's on the field. So I, right. I, I tended not to get guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, you know, mm-hmm. at some point the Jets could have just pulled the plug and said, look, we got to see what we have with Geno Smith even though we think it's not good. Um, And Alex Smith, just, you know, you know what your ceiling is with Alex Smith. I mean, he's he's not going to become top 10. It's just not going to happen. He's better than than having a bye-week quarterback. He's definitely better than having nothing. (laughs) 
there. Nothing. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> that's a ringing that's endorsement. That's about the nicest. Yeah, that's the nicest thing I can think of to say about him at this point. Right. And <laughs> and look, the Chiefs can win with him, but I don't want him on my fantasy team. Oh, certainly. But I think yeah. that certainly. I think that Bridgewater could vastly outperform his ADP. I think Griffin could do the same. I think Tannehill could do the same. Hmm. Um. I, I, it depends on what your draft looks like. If people expect Fitzpatrick's numbers from last year, I think that they're going to be disappointed. But it could happen. He's got some good receivers there. Obviously, Romo's out of the picture. Alex Smith, that's not going to happen. Matthew no. Stafford, I know a lot of people like him. I find it hard to believe when you get Calvin Johnson out of the picture that your passing game's going to improve. I just, you know, that's... Yeah. Blake Bortles, I think I he's going to regress. Phillip Rivers, I think, should bounce back. Um, I think Brady's going to be pissed off and he's going to run the league into the ground I- as much as possible. Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor could be um, a decent option this year, but I think he just got hurt, didn't he? I don't know how much he's going to be um, out. Who does he play for? He plays for Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sammy Watkins is a really good receiver. Um, they don't really have a great secondary option. Obviously, they're going to the, want to run the ball. Depends on where you can get yeah, him. Yeah, I just... I just don't like taking a quarterback that's on a Rex Ryan coach team. I, yeah, I understand reason. that. I'm, um, look, he's not going to be one of your top draft picks, but he can run the ball. Um, True. It depends. If, you, if, if you're getting four points for a touchdown, that's the kind of league that he's going to give you. Obviously, the running quarterbacks are going to be more valuable in that league. If it's six, right. then you really have to try to get guys like Roethlisberger, Rodgers, Luck, the guys you think are going to throw a lot of touchdowns. Um, Jameis Winston. I love Jameis Winston this year. Love Jameis Winston. Really? Oh, yeah. The namesake of my team last year. Yes. And the only reason I know that was yeah. the name of my team is because I looked it up today <laughs> to see. And it's still yeah, the same I thought, you, name. I Pres- thought you forgot the name of your team. Presented I by totally Winston forgot. Nation. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, going back to Brady, though, I mean, the reason that I, one of the reasons I drafted him first last year is because I thought last year he'd be mad. And I still think he's going to be playing mad this year. But who does he have to throw to? Because you know Edelman's not going to stay healthy. And so then he's just got Gronk. Because those other guys, when Edelman went out, I got nothing out of Brady on almost every week. Okay, so they traded for Martellus Bennett, and I think okay. it's very possible they're going to go back to their two tight end, except Martellus Bennett hasn't killed anyone. They're going to go back to the yeah. two tight end set that they ran so effectively with Aaron Hernandez. So now, if you've got two tight ends on the field, and you're in, what is that, 21 personnel, you've got two wide mm-hmm. and one running back and two tight ends, with, especially with tight ends that are as good as Bennett and Gronk, you can run anything out of any. Yep. You can flex out to any alignment. Um, once, well, see, the problem is Dion Lewis is great out of the backfield, and he can run the ball. It's possible. Did he just get hurt, though? He's Yeah, he's going to be out he's till hurt, midseason yeah. if he actually even comes back then. In that alignment, it would have given them total. I mean, you would not have been able to prepare. You wouldn't have known to get your defense in nickel. They could exploit any. And that's why with Gronk and Hernandez, you can run easily out of that two tight end position because Gronk is a fantastic blocker and Hernandez is good enough. Martellus Bennett, I think, might, he's probably a better blocker than Hernandez. And they're both great receivers. You could run it, you could run your goal line package from that look. So and that's what I really yeah that's what I really look at Brady as the ultimate at, at being able to exploit if you give him Oh sure absolutely personnel where you can do anything on any down and very you have different different choices based on what the defense is showing you more so than you know just we have to do this because this is all the people we have at this point right. then he's 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 almost the perfect person to, to lead that at this point. If they have a running back that can catch the ball and can pick up the blitz, they can do anything they want out of 21. Anything they yeah. want. And Brady is so smart, and he's just been around forever, 
that he just looks at the the defense and he knows what they're they're trying to do and he's like okay I got this matchup right here I'm going this is my first look and this is probably going to be open and and nobody can cover yeah. Gronk anyway oh no so right. that guy's right. always open yes the so, I had the sec I had the I had Deion Lewis's backup I can't remember his name James James White like, James White James White I had him. Um, I had him on my team uh, after Lewis got hurt last year, and he he did he did pretty good a couple of weeks. He oh yeah, was very up and down. Oh yeah, very he had some good weeks down the stretch. I wasn't aware that they um, picked up Bennett. Was he the guy from Chicago? Yeah, they they got mm-hmm. it for a fifth round pick, I think. What okay. is Chicago doing? <laughs> it's hard to say. No, yeah, I don't what know. What are they doing? I, is Cutler still their quarterback? Yes. Well, with Cutler, yeah. they're then treading water they until doing? he's gone. I just that guy's never going to win you a title. Oh no, he's he's. I was going to say he's the Carmelo Anthony of the NFL, but uh, he's not as good as Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, that's a disservice <laughs> to Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, um, yeah. I, Cutler's another one where I look at him his interviews, and you know me, I, I look more at their their body language and how they how they approach questions and how they you know are they are they really going to take responsibility for this? You know, when, when they've made a mistake or are they going to throw somebody under the bus or how, how, how are they as leaders of the team? How, or at least, you know, as far as we can tell, just in media rep- representation, how are they coming across? And Cutler just seems like I would not want to be in the same locker room as that guy for five minutes. Just seems no. like he would, he would just be miserable to play with. Yeah, he does. He seems like a douchebag, as they say. <laughs> he, there's a reason the smoking J uh, thing took off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 12 personnel, not 21. It's the running back that's listed first. I, right. I got that wrong. In the NFL, teams go from last to first. So if you're good mm-hmm. enough, you might think, well, I'll catch a couple breaks. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. The Lions are the Lions. Um, you know, we've got enough good players here. We've got some good um, receivers, Kevin White, I think he could do something this year. I mean, he was generally regarded, I mean, I would say half the draft community thought he was better than Amari Cooper. Um, so, you know, don't sleep on him. They still have Alshon Jeffrey. Um, you know, their running back situation is, you know, Jer- Jeremy Langford. I'm not completely sold on him. Yeah. But, you know, he they should be in shootouts. I mean, it's, Chicago's defense should be bad again. But it's just, like you said before, with the leadership, like he just nobody's going to war for that guy it seems like no. he just he's in the huddle and they're down by three touchdowns and he's just like you know thinking about what he's going to do after the game i mean it just that's exactly <laughs> what i was going to say i feel like he's looking at his watch going okay in about an hour i can be sitting at home eating dinner. but that's- he's good enough <laughs> right. that you're never going to bottom out and get a replacement yeah it's the worst it's the worst it's case the scenario absolute worst case scenario you've got houston's in the same position because jj watt is so damn good that they're going to go seven and nine or nine and seven every year. Well, when are they going to draft a quarterback? And apparently they knew it, and so they signed Brock Os- Osweiler to a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't see that working. out. I don't see that I working either. out either. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing either. But you know, I mean, they're—I guess they're doing what they can. Lamar Miller, I think that was a good signing, and they got some weapons yeah. to take some attention away from Hopkins. Andre Johnson was obviously a fan of his run. So, you know, they have Jalen Strong. You know, he didn't look great last year, but he had a couple moments. Will Fuller, they drafted. He's the speedster out of Notre Dame. He should be able to stretch the field. You know, Lamar Miller is, is if they'll use him more than Miami used him, um, he could really create some serious mismatches. But, I don't know, Brock Osweiler? I mean, you think you're going to win with that guy? I, I don't Yeah. And as far as in getting outside of fantasy, if you just look at just the going into the season – I, what last year's playoffs taught me is that if you don't have a quarterback, you have no chance 
no chance in the playoffs if you don't have a decent or a, a you know high level quarterback play. Well, except, unless you're Denver. I was just going to say unless you're the team that won the Super Bowl with the yeah. worst See, quarterback with, play that, in the, the league. The thing with the thing with Manning though is he's smart enough that he you hope he's not going to mess it up and make it much worse. Some of those interceptions that I saw thrown in the playoffs last year, I was just like, what are they? What are these guys doing? Well, Peyton Manning just, was throwing those those passes early in the season, if you remember. He led the league in interceptions last year. True. Um, and he was thankfully he was smart enough for thankfully for Denver fans he was smart enough to just kind of corral that and just say nope. Well, forget that yeah, when okay. He got to the so at the end of the year, he probably thought, okay, look, our defense can terrorize teams. Um, yep. I have to not make mistakes in the Super Bowl. I can't play anymore. I mean, he he had to have known that. He's not stupid. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's one of the smartest guys that's ever played the position. He knew. Right. He knew right away. So I have to not turn the ball over, and I have to try to make plays, and I have to try to make them think that I can still do some things to keep them honest. And right. I'm going to give the ball to CJ, and we're going to let the defense win this game. Because if we're going to win, it's going to be because the defense takes it. I mean, they were great all year except for the games against the Steelers. Um, And they did. They came up big. Von Miller was Von Miller. And they won. So So who's Denver's quarterback this year? Trevor Simeon. Or 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 who's the other guy? (laughs) It's not the other guy anymore. In fact, I I read uh, something where he might not make the team. Sanchez? Yeah. So I, just, that, I just um, got done reading um, Collision Low Crossers, which chronicled the 2011 Jets. And yeah. it was really interesting just to see inside. Um, and one of the things was Sanchez was the kind of guy that would run up behind you and pull your pants down and run away. Like, oh, no. That, now, he was a young oh. player, but it seemed <laughs> – no, I'm, I, but that's the kind of mind – he did that. He literally did that kind of thing. Um, huh. And it just wow. he, it just seemed to me like oh I get why he's not successful he's not serious yeah. about this, yeah. whereas Darrell Revis like the the amount of study that he put in him and Cromartie I think it was on Fridays or something they would everybody else would go they were practicing and then they would go in and they'd watch film together um, hmm. every week and like they had they knew exactly what the the guy they were lining up across from they knew exactly what his tendencies are how he used his hands how he tried to beat the jam i mean they were absolute students of the game which before i read the book i would have never thought antonio cromartie would have been that guy um no. beca- and, and every the only thing i know about him is the famous the kids um, hard knocks clip yeah where he's trying to name his kids yeah they talked about that and how that, that was just really cheap the way they put him in that position i mean that was just oh yeah it had to be edited like that yeah, yeah. um and just it, it's like gotcha faux journalism. Like, why, why are you doing that to him? I mean, honestly. But um, they, they said that everybody on the, the the team seemed to agree. Like, he, this guy's the best athlete in the league. And the guy who wrote the book, they would just he he would describe some of the plays Cromartie would make in in practice. They just you couldn't even you couldn't describe them writing about them. You, you just had to wow. see them. Like he would just jump up. 38 inches, reach behind his head with his hand and like one-handed catch, you know, and intercept the ball, like, and then get his feet down if he was near the sideline. I mean, it was just crazy athleticism. Wow. And I've always... And that's, Im- that's impressive that he also would put the time in studying, too. That's the thing I didn't know about him. I just thought, well, this guy, has, this guy has bad judgment. I mean, he's got nine kids with like six different women. Like, right. how bright could he be? He was pretty smart. 
He just he made he was at least football smart. He was at least smart when it came football, to studying yeah. football. Right. But um the the reason that he the reason he wasn't on Revis's level, I found this really interesting, is the coaches would teach him technique and then they would show the film and then it's like you're you're backing off. You're giving this guy a cushion when you know the way to, to you need to jam him and redirect him. And he was so athletic, he could always recover, which is why he was one of, you know, he always was getting interceptions. He could run the ball back. Like, he studied, so he knew what to look for. But they right. just could not get him to commit to his technique. And they didn't understand. And he was the most frustrating guy because he could have been, they said he, he could be better than Revis. But he just, for, wow. and they, don't, they did not know how to get through to him. And I think he started with the Chargers. So it was his second team. Um, right. and, yeah, he definitely started with the And he wasn't a bad guy, and he's a smart football player. And for whatever reason, it's that, that emotional glitch, and they just could not figure it out. And it was a theme throughout the whole book. Like, we just cannot get through to Cromartie. I think it also plays back into what you said before about some people play fantasy to win, and some people play to have fun. And then you look at guys like Sanchez, which you were saying, and he's obviously seems to be there just to have fun and doesn't care if they win all that much. And then you have Revis, who is – he's – He's studying and he wants to win. And then you have Cormart, who's kind of in the middle, who wants to win and he's in it. But there's something that's just not making that connection right. between something the study and the field. Reefus doesn't so just want to win. He wants to go to the Hall of Fame. He wants to be correct. the best cornerback that's ever played. He would go ballistic if anybody caught a pass on him in practice. Yep. Like he was an absolute obsessive perfectionist. And that is not the way that I approach fantasy football. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Okay, so I'm more the Cromarty. Like, I'm more the I'll, right. I'll look up a few things, but then I want to coast on my natural ability, intelligence, yes. and intuition. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would my describe luck. how I play it too. But then um, you think about Cutler; he seems to be in it for it models you know, and not money, not for fun, but for money. <laughs> exactly, did you he's say models just, and money? That's what I said. Just, yeah, just soaking up the paycheck. That's why he's looking at his watch. All right, I'm almost out of here. Got another however much money he makes per game. There's a part of me that doesn't, I mean, obviously doesn't respect that. And everybody's putting their bodies on the line in this game. And he is too. Sure. Right. But at the same time, it is his job. And if he doesn't love it, but he's really good at it, he certainly has a right to play it. He obviously is skilled. Everybody, you know, both Denver and Chicago wanted him on the team. Denver got Mm -hmm. sick of him. Chicago, they got sick of him, but his... They couldn't trade him, so they're stuck with no, him. His salary is huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's obviously so good that even a guy as apathetic as him, <laughs> he still can play the game at a high level. He's just never yeah. going to get to the Brady level. Oh no, he could, but he doesn't care. Didn't he marry a reality TV star? Is that who he's married to? I know he's married to a model. He's married to somebody yes. that's just crazy I think hot. she was from a reality show, which to me, that kind of sums it up. That makes as, sense. You know, if you're going to be connected, if you're going to get married to somebody like that, that's kind of your approach. Smoke and Jay Cutler a marries things. a reality star, definitely. He does yeah. not marry an accountant. Uh, no, does... no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, he married a reality star. Yep. I don't know who it was. In fact, he, yeah, doesn't, there's a different... he doesn't even marry Good. somebody that takes their career seriously. No, it's a reality star. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Absolutely. It's not like it's not like Brady where Mary and Giselle. That's a whole different right, level right. of the whole different ball game, right there. Superstar committed to excellent. Mary's superstar committed to top of her field as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, whatever it is versus, that models have to be good at. Versus smoking Jay marrying a reality star. Right, absolutely. I, I'm not a fan of reality TV. If you hadn't guessed, <laughs> look, it makes sense though if you're Jay Cutler because. You know, do you want to get married and and then get a divorce and have your wife take half your, you know, because he just made a ton of money. 
Yeah. Or, or do you want to get somebody that doesn't really it's not going to be bothered by the fact that he doesn't get respect because they they don't have really have a lot of respect for what they do i mean that makes sense yeah he didn't care yeah, yeah it makes sense i agree so so i did what have we not you, what have we not covered fantasy wise um i had like some dumb questions i wanted to ask kicker you. last round defensive next to last round if it's a short bench league stream them and play matchups that was two of my questions right there that's excellent now we're in awesome. a six we're in a 16 team league but it's only got six bench yeah. spots. If people are smart, they're not going to take a backup defense. They're not going to take a backup kicker. However, right. I think, was it Steenburgen that dropped Todd Gurley four weeks into the yes. season? And then just yes. gave him to spike? Yep. Okay. So we're not playing in a league uh, where everybody is completely on that page. So you, you have to see. I bet Seattle goes in the seventh round. So somebody is going to jump on Seattle, Denver, and Carolina. Almost guarantee hmm. it. Um, do not be that person and do no, not follow do. a run of defenses. <laughs> Let's assume that there's always going to be about 10 defenses on waivers. Yes. Well, it's not necessarily. Then I would take a defense in the 14th round and stream and play matchups. Hmm. Yeah. That's what well, I'm going that's to do. What I did. That's what I did last year and it yeah. worked out. That's what good. I did too. I well, ended up getting. I went up. I went like f- through four kickers by the time the season went on because I had sure um, absolutely. Had, um, who was the who was the was it Sweesom for the Steelers that got hurt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I had. I think I had him or somebody like that. And then the second guy they had, the guy that they ended up kicking off the team, Bob. was who about drove me nuts. Oh, the guy from Jacksonville. God, who was his yes. name? Yes, I'm not a violent person, but I wanted to reach into the TV and grab him by the face mask. Some of the kicks he was missing, I'm like, come on, man. He was a really good kicker <laughs> the entire time he was with Jacksonville. And then he came here and he missed, I think he missed four kicks. Maybe. It was it was awful. It was really bad. I, I remember getting frustrated with that dude. And didn't they get rid of I think they cut him. Like not, It didn't not take long. long and then they picked up Boswell, who's the kicker yes. now. Yep. And he and I think I ended up getting him. He'd probably be a, a good kicker. I mean, that, that offense still should score a lot of points, even without Bell for four weeks, possibly without yep. Ladarius Green all season, and without uh, Bryant. I'd like to say that it worked out for me, but that's how I played it last year, too. Just streaming defenses, dropping them every week, picking up a new defense. It's the way to go. Depending on... But, it did, you know, whatever. It didn't really work, but I had a decent season. You had a it good team, worked. and you... Look, again, 18-team league, there are weird, anomalous forces. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. I've never yeah. played, well, I think I might have played in a couple uh, leagues that big. But you, you are much more vulnerable to bad luck. Much more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought you had a good team. I thought you, you did a good job in the draft. I mean, at the end of the draft, everybody's rosters were thin. You couldn't help yeah, but have a thin yeah, roster. I yeah. mean, nobody was loaded. So the first injury that happened for everybody, they're scrambling to find somebody to fill it. It's just oh, it was a nightmare. Yeah. And your team should have made the playoffs. You had one of the best six teams. It was just circumstances. I, I know you yep. were one of the six highest scoring teams. Well, I don't know. It, I was okay to be done. <laughs> I understand. That. I'm okay yeah. that I didn't make right. the playoffs. <laughs> oh, I understand that. <laughs> Um, so we, yeah, we covered I, tight end, Gronk, try to get Gronk. Uh-huh. If you can't get Gronk, get Reed. If you can't get Reed, wait. Um, cool. Kicker defense for rounds 14 and 15. Wait on quarterback if you can. If you can get one of the top stud running backs early, do it. If not, grab some wide receivers and look for running back value in the mid-rounds. But overall, you're always looking for value dropping. Um, mm. so you can never say exactly how a draft is going to go. That's just 
sort of an overview of how you expect things to go. But then you always have to be willing to adjust on the fly, obviously. I mean, the, the, the top of the draft, th- there's no excuse for, for Beckham, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Antonio Brown, Gurley, uh, Miller, mm-hmm. Peterson in a non-PPR, Elliott, probably Jamal Charles, maybe DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, those should be the top 10 picks. Like, there's just no way that any of those elite players should get down to you that far. If you're, I'm going to pick Bradford first. If you're, if you're picking, I was going to say you didn't mention one quarterback. If you're picking, no, no. Well, because I'm taking a quarterback in the eighth round. I know. And and I'm going to grab you know some combination. Of, I mean, there's a bunch of quarterbacks that'd be fine with. I'd be fine with. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, who's the Redskins quarterback? I forgot his name already. Cousins. 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 I'd be fine with Cousins. They're going to throw a lot. Yes, yep. they are. Is Joe in the league? Joe's going to take Cousins. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to get Cousins. Yeah, Joe will take Cousins. He'll take jo- uh, Cousins mm-hmm. in the fourth round, probably. But he Cousins could be will. he could be a top six quarterback this year. I mean, they're, they're going to oh, throw a lot. Yeah, they did really well. I mean, they lost in the playoffs, but they did really well Like once he got kind of going midway through the season. They had a run of four or five games there. When they were down like 20 to nothing or whatever it was at halftime to, I think, Tampa Bay yeah. or at home. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, the comeback. This is either – this is either their, you know, this is the moment where they're either going to do something or Cutler's going to be fired. Not Cutler, what's his face? Um, Gruden is right, going to right, be right. fired. Oh, yeah, that was the, the game. The if you lost that game, I think it was over. Yep. And then it, they were pretty good after that offensively. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I mean, they have some pretty good weapons. So um, thinking just of our league, is there anyone that you guys are looking forward to playing and defeating week by week or maybe make sure that you beat out in the playoffs? this year in our league anybody in particular that you're zoning in on besides me of course i'm not worried about you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree you shouldn't be all right you've just heard the speaking of tangents fantasy football deep dive mega podcast spectacular Thank you so much to our special guest, Robert Berg. Be sure to check him out on Twitter at R3T2. Speaking of Tangents, it's brought to you by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead, and we want to hear from you. Here are all the ways you can contact us. On Twitter, KJ is at Buffalo underscore Alice, and Jason at JudoFuse, that's J-U-D-O-F-U-S-E. Or the podcast can be reached at SpeakTangents. Join the conversation with the hashtag SpeakPod, S-P-E-A-K-P-O-D. You can like our Speaking of Tangents podcast page on Facebook, and I'm sure that Speak Tangents would love to be your friend. Check us out on Instagram at S-O-T-P-O-D. We're not entirely sure, but we think our Snapchat username is SpeakTangents. And you can also email us at speakingoftangentspodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe and listen to us at iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just search for Speaking of Tangents. Please leave us a review or a comment, and you can do that in any of those locations. And lastly, you can find all of the links to everything I just mentioned here, the occasional blog post, leave comments, feedback, and much, much more on our website at speakingoftangents.com Fantasy Football